0: Would never happen.
1: Welcome to Date Night of the Movies. Or how
0: I spent my babysitter money. I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. And this week we're talking Godzilla. Godzilla. Oh. oh. King of the Monsters. You went you went all like old school I pronunciation did. on it. I
1: love old Godzilla
0: movies. Yeah, well that was gonna that was gonna be something I wanted to ask you about. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Um wow. you and I have never watched old Godzilla movies together.
1: Not together, no. No, no. I mean, I know you
0: have a life outside of me.
1: I, I do. The, uh, I just remember uh, old. Remember, you remember when TV was a thing. Yeah. And uh, you just scroll through, and then all of a sudden there'd be a Godzilla movie on. Well, that's how I've watched them. I couldn't tell you any of the ones I've watched, but I can tell you scenes. Well,
0: that's that's my thing with Godzilla is. Uh, I, my first experience with Godzilla was through Mystery Science Theater 3000, because they used to do uh, some old Godzilla movies on there. Oh, that's awesome. More from like the late 60s, early 70s, where it became really cartoony. Okay. Uh, like they used to end each episode with a shot of Godzilla jumping up and down and like putting his hands over his head, <laughs> and then a guy in a really badly dubbed voice going, "A oh, happy moment. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so those are my I first- I not know what that composer thought the movie he was- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's my that's like my
0: favorite mm-hmm. mystery science theater ever. We've mentioned it on here before, um, but uh, but yeah. So I would watch them when I came on TV, and I don't remember if it was like Turner Classic Movies or AMC. In May every year, they would do a they would do like a Godzilla marathon. That's and awesome. My mom knew that I liked them, so she if I was at school or something like that, and they were on, she would tape them for me. And it was great because I never even asked her to do it. i just come home and she was like, oh, I taped you another Godzilla movie. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I remember once she came back from Costco and she had this big, you remember those clamshell VHS boxes like that old Disney movies used to come in? Yes. Yeah. She brought me back one of those that was uh, Godzilla versus King Kong from the 60s. And I watched that, and at one point I accidentally pressed record instead of play, so at the very beginning of my movie, of my copy of it, because they didn't take out the tab that stops you from recording over the VHS, uh, there was about 30 seconds of a good burger at the beginning of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I like I like the old Godzilla movies. That's awesome. Um, r- while we're talking about Well, let, no, 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 no. Let's keep on going with housekeeping and stuff, because we could just immediately dive right in.
1: Housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, we're very
0: thrilled to be back in the studio. Yeah. I actually,
1: when we were coming to record, I was like, do I even remember how to do this?
0: Yeah. So the last episode we had was about three weeks ago, which was Malton Fest. Yeah. Um, and that was the last time Jess and I have been in a movie theater together, was at Malton Fest. That's the last time I've been in a the movie theater. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, me too. Uh, before that, it was Avengers, which that was still two or three weeks before Malton Fest. So yeah. we've gone quite a bit without having a movie to put out.
1: What I would love to tell you all is that we've taken a break to bring you bigger experiences and more things. But really, the truth is we've been busy AF.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> if somebody would like to just fund our podcast so that way <laughs> Jess and I don't have to work, you know, just regular jobs sometimes. Uh, and we can only choose the work that we want to work on, and we'll do the podcast, and we'll keep coming out once or twice a week. If well, pe- if people want to just give us money, I'll do a podcast twice a week. I'm fine with that.
1: I, here's what I think is funny about what you just said: our regular jobs. Oh, that's true. Our regular jobs, like I, in one week before, a, like Wednesday, I worked forty hours. Yeah. So. Think normal job is where we we land.
0: Well, I didn't say normal job. I said regulars, and <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> um, you know, if uh, you know, if somebody wants to fund our podcast and basically just allow us to just give us free money, we'll take it. Uh, and I won't go work overnights recording on location sound. You know, See, there you go. Yeah, but um, until then, you guys might miss a week or so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Dog the podcast. There's no. Dog of the podcast, I, I hear Madison. I
0: did see Charlie outside the door just a few minutes ago. I don't okay. think, he's not there anymore, but.
1: So, um, one thing I will say is I want to encourage you, if you haven't checked out our uh, Twitter, you can find us at uh, date underscore movies. Worst Twitter handle ever.
0: Yes, the bots still won't give up uh, D-N-A-T-M. Uh, yeah,
1: they're the worst. Um, but I will say is we try to share the hashtag dog of the podcast, um, so you know that, you uh, both of our dogs are rescues. So, um, if you're in the, um, I don't know, market for a new best friend, uh, be it furry. Um, we here at DNATM highly encourage you to check out your local animal shelter before you check out your local breeder. Right. So that's what we'll say since we don't have a Charlie or Madison. Uh, it's weird not to have Maddie in my lap. Um, who had two breakfasts this morning. Yes, she did. She ate Charlie's breakfast. Um, okay. How
0: are we going to rate this movie? Um, given the history of Godzilla, mm-hmm. let's rate it, And for a scene in this movie, let's rate it in nuclear warheads.
1: I was going to say that. Here's the next challenge. Okay. I want you to say nuclear incorrect.
0: So I said it, I just said it correctly, right? Yes. Okay, incorrectly would be nuclear.
1: Nu- is it n- nuclear?
0: Nuclear is the wrong way to say is it that there, everybody a, says.
1: Are there people, for some reason, is there one where it, like the L comes earlier? Because like, it's nuclear. Nu- nuclear? I don't know. No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm. I'm basically just going with the directions you're giving me. You know? Say it
1: incorrect again?
0: The way I would say it incorrect would be nuclear.
1: Nuclear. Yeah. Nuclear. Y'all, it's nuclear. nuclear. Anyway, cuz I can't if you if I was making the joke, I can't say it incorrectly.
0: Yeah. Nu I, I mean, apparently now nuclear. the other incorrect way to say it according to the direction you just gave me is nuclear. <laughs> Listen. I don't know. It, is this how Tolkien came up with elfish? <laughs> I think so. Actually, <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so that was fun. Um, let's. <laughs> how many nuclear war,
0: warheads would you give this? I'm gonna give this a solid three and a quarter. Okay. Why? Because I was entertained. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I was entertained, but I know it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's the way. And I told you I had a great way to put this, and I thought this about a quarter of the way through the movie, is that this is just going to see Jaws 2 after seeing Jaws. So the first Godzilla. I was about to say, explain. I, I'm getting there. So the first, not the first Godzilla, but the last Godzilla that we saw. Yeah. I love that movie. With the spider the spider. Yeah, the, armor the, dude. the Mutos, they call them. A what? M-U-T-O, Muto. Okay. Um. I loved that movie, and I like that is one that I'm pretty sure we bought it on Blu-ray as soon as it came out because we we're like we will rewatch this movie and we have. Have we? Yeah. Okay, great. I mean, it may have been a while, but we. I mean, I believe yeah. you.
1: I just don't remember.
0: You don't. Re- you barely remember what you had for breakfast. Because um, I didn't. That's right. Uh, but that one also it. Whenever it came out, people were comparing it to Jaws in terms of how it held back you actually getting to see full-on views of Godzilla. That's true. And that's actually what I loved most about that movie. Um, This movie, they're just like, you know, they just throw subtlety out the windows. Like, in the first 30 seconds, here's Godzilla!
1: That scene was great, though. It
0: was great. But, uh, what was I going to say? It reminded me a lot of Jaws 2 in the fact that, like, okay, well, they took all the subtlety from the first movie, chunked it out the window, and here's the monster. On top of that, it desperately needed help whenever the human characters were on screen, but when the monsters were there, it's what you wanted, you know? And that's the way Jaws 2 is, is that, like, it desperately needed some help with the human characters in there, but the shark scenes were fine. It's basically, you know, Friday the 13th on the sea, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you?
1: I would give this a 2.75. Okay. Um, I like monsters, and I like it when the monsters fight. Um, the rest was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if uh, What I say in the car? If you're looking for a monster movie, you're in the right place. If you're looking for a plot, Take that crap elsewhere.
0: Yes, your kind is not welcome here. Your is that what I said? No, but I'm just adding. Your
1: kind it. is not welcome
0: here. There's no plot. Yeah. And that surprises me too, because this movie was written and directed by Michael Dowdery. Yes. Who is it Dou I think it's Dody I can't remember how you say it. I've heard it I've heard it said both ways. Do Do-der-y. Um but he has made you all know one of our favourite. Favorite horror movies, which is Trick or Treat, which is a pretty solid plot. I mean, and it, Krampus. I, oh, I was getting there. Oh. Yeah. And both of them know exactly what movies they are, and they just run with it, and it's great. This one, I was surprised that the plot itself felt so thin. Yeah.
1: Well, and it was so complicated. And the
0: dialogue was not good. No. Yeah. But
1: it was an extremely complicated dialogue. Uh, a dialogue. The dialogue was not complicated. No. The concept. I,
0: I was surprised they never brought out, you know, it's made of unobtainium.
1: <laughs> it's just the whole reasoning of why Godzilla and all the creatures are back was so convoluted. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we're not in spoiler territory, everybody, so we're all going to spare you, but there's something that happens at the end that it solves all the problems, and I still don't know what it did.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah,
1: he, <sighs> if someone's on the way to their mo- the movie right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, why should they keep driving?
0: Because the monster scenes deliver exactly what you'd want out of them. Yeah. Now, I personally preferred the monster scenes in the last Godzilla because it felt more realistic to me. Yeah. This movie did definitely did lean into cartoony a little more. Well, it had to. Yeah.
1: It had to. I mean, those were th- that was a those were a lot of creatures and I think in as a modern movie audience, CGI is no longer special. Yeah. Um, and when it's over CGI'd, um, and again, I liked the monsters fighting. Yes, I'm trying to. What's um, oh, oh it's, what's the kid? Um, uh, oh, from uh, uh, Christmas Story. Yeah, right. I like Santa.
0: <laughs> I like the Wizard of Oz. Yes, I like monsters, mm-hmm. but um, I will say this movie did have a scene that made me jump. Yes, uh, it did make you jump because. As I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, in the last Godzilla movie, there's a shot of Godzilla where it's just swimming in the water, but you only catch like a glimpse of it like you would if it was a camera mounted on the underside of a boat, yeah. and that terrified me, because big things underwater terrify me. This is and, a true and statement. And there is a really effective big thing underwater scene in this movie. Yeah,
1: that's... Yes. <laughs> yeah. For For... Trivia for all of our listeners, uh, Jordan has an irrational fear of alligators. It's not
0: irrational. It's not irrational. (laughs) They are the only land-dwelling creature to survive the KT extinction event. It's not irrational. They are perfect killing (laughs) machines.
1: (laughs) Yes, they are, sweetheart.
0: And they're also some of the only animals in the entire animal kingdom that have been known to kill for the fun of it.
1: They don't go out of their way to do that all the time.
0: They do. Actually, I'm sorry, those are crocodiles. Okay. There are crocodiles in the Nile that are practically serial killers. Well, just don't go there. Right, and I just choose to avoid alligators too. (laughs) Um,
1: So, Godzilla, Gojira. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Because that's what we do. Um, Let's talk about the music. Um, And um, this was Bear McCreary who, Mm -hmm. If our uh, how you, you may know him is The Walking Dead,
0: yeah, a lot of people know him from The Walking Dead. Uh, he got his start doing the Battlestar Galactica remake series back in the early 2000s, yeah. Um, he also did uh 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was a great score. Mm-hmm. He did the Cloverfield Paradox, which honestly, I don't remember that score because the movie just wasn't good, yeah. Um, he's done he did something recently that we've that we've seen and we did on this podcast. I just can't remember what it was. You keep talking um, and I will look it up. But basically, he's a guy who I like seeing get movies like this now. Um, I, we in, in LA we also run in similar circles. I think we have friends of friends of each other. Uh, and I so basically I just know that he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. And he's a he's a very classic film nerd, like yours truly. Um, and he does stuff like this because he just loves movies. So I tend to have a soft spot in my heart for composers like that especially. And on top of that, Bear McCreary is also just really good at what he does.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. He um, In 2018, he composed a short. Oh, really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's called Rise, Call of Power.
0: Uh, actually... Um, when I won my Best Music Award at the LA 48-Hour Film Fest, I technically beat Bear McCreary. However, I'm using the word technically as loosely as possible without it being boring for you guys listening to me spread out the word technically. Uh the reason I say that is because we were both up for the same music award. Uh, there was a musical, and from what I understand, he, like, there were friends of his who were doing it, and he basically just gave them music and was like, hey, you guys sing on top of this, use whatever you want. That's amazing. Yeah. And we were both up for the same award, and I won. So I'm going to say this that I beat Barry McCreary uh, for that one particular award, whatever that means. I will also amend that with, had he actually sat down and scored the movie, I would not have won. <laughs> (laughs)
1: Um, Let's see. He's known for Happy Death Day, Uh, Revolt, Um, Towel, What Still Remains, Hellfest, Welcome Home, Eli, Happy Death Day to You, The Toll Road, The Professor, and The Mad Men.
0: Oh, yeah, that's one coming up uh, about the writing of the Oxford English Dictionary starring Mel Gibson as the Mad Men. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, he's also the composer for the upcoming Child's Play.
0: Yes, he is, which we are going to be doing on the same day as Toy Story. Yes. Uh, he also did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, did Constantine. Uh, he, he's done He's done just a lot of stuff, and especially a lot of TV shows. He's one of the busiest uh, film, TV film composers yeah. out there right now.
1: So, um, for our audience as well, so listening to the 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 score of, God's, of godzilla how how would you maybe break down the score like what are some key instruments that you heard for maybe our listeners that are listening because you're specifically a composer and an audio guy like how how would you kind of break the score down
0: okay well so uh, for one thing, there are a couple of different um, different like trademarks that Barry McCreary has. He's re- he's really good at doing like very smooth string passages, but he's also he got his start with Battlestar Galactica, and he got really noticed for that because he was one of the guys who started bringing in taiko drums, which are big Japanese drums, to do the score. So of course that is all over this particular score. Yeah. Um, as far as it being a good Godzilla score, so you know how, like, if you see, like, in cartoons and there's, like, a big thing lumbering around and you, there's, like, big, deep brass going boom, 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 yeah. boom. That basically is an evolution of what the original 1954 Godzilla was. Cool, what
1: what instrument is that?
0: um, A lot of low brass, so it's gonna be a lot of uh, tuba and bass trombones and chimbassos. Basically just a lot of low, nasty sounding brass. That's cool. Um, So, and he does it great in here. uh, Where I think, uh, the closing credits music in in this is great. uh, Yeah, I
1: love, Uh, but I feel like the closing credits were a little bit more iconic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the closing credits. I feel that was definitely where he got to like stretch out a little more. Yeah, um, I did feel that he kind of had to be a little more subdued in a lot of this movie. But where he really shone was any scene with Mothra in it. Yeah, because it Mothra in this movie is a thing of beauty. Yes, uh, and they never make her out to be anything else. Uh, and the music really reflects that. It's majestic. It's beautiful. It's emotional. Um, And he picked up, uh, in the last Godzilla movie, uh, it was Alexandre de de Pla. Yes. Uh, And I can never pronounce his name properly.
1: I think it's Alexandre de Pla.
0: Alexandre de Pla. I think. I don't know. But he did a great uh, score with Godzilla, and he did some interesting things with it, not only with the typical orchestra, but he had a lot of electric violin on there, and part of that is because his wife is an electric violinist. Cool. Um, So Bear McCreary definitely definitely took the best parts of that and made it his own. Um, it's got some great themes in it. Um, the melodies are pretty short, and the action music uh, it definitely keeps you going because, again, with movies like this, it is very easy to get CGI fatigue. So I think that falls on the composer a lot of the times to be able to uh, help the audience stay connected with that. And he treated this like it was <clears throat> two physical monsters in this space fighting each other, as opposed to as opposed to making it sound larger than life for the sake of sounding larger than life. Yeah. But special props go out to his Mothra music. And yeah. I know parts of those were the themes uh, adapted from the original Mothra yeah. movie, but to me, it doesn't matter to me if he wrote every single note brand new, but the way that he, even whenever he took the original Godzilla theme, when he took the Mothra theme, and the way he adapted it into his score, and to one cohesive piece of music, I just thought it was great. That's cool. Yeah, did you have any particular feelings on the music?
1: No, Um. there was just some, there were really, really powerful moments. Um, I, to me, this wasn't a very specific movie so that I. I. A lot kind of got lost. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like those really big, very, very cinematic moments uh-huh. that really stuck out to me. Um, like the Godzilla, um, hero music really stuck out to me um, when there was that um and there's lots of bombs in this movie so I'm not spoiling anything but there was like that big bomb mm-hmm. that kind of killed a lot. Yeah. That was that music was devastating. Yeah.
0: He he did a very he did a great job of making the music hit the emotional beats like that. Like you felt the weight of every action. Yeah. Uh and you know, I will say for as much as I think I think in this movie, uh, Michael Daugherty. Uh, Daugherty. Daugherty. Michael Daugherty. I don't know. He definitely did a better job directing than he did writing. Um, but I think that there are moments in this movie that where they really allow things to land. And the music definitely goes along with that great. Yeah. Um, I'm also uh, a big proponent of uh, Serge Tanakian's, I'm not gonna mispronounce his last name too, From the lead singer from System of a Down. Uh, he did the cover of Godzilla by Blue Oyster oh, cool. at the end of the movie. that's cool. Yeah. Um, cool, so what else do we wanna talk about in this movie before we start getting into spoilers? I
1: feel like it's spoiler time.
0: This is one of the shortest intros we've done.
1: Well, I have a feeling I don't really know what to talk about this movie other than the Babe Monsters Fought.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. This isn't a very nuanced movie. No. Yeah, but it really does make me want to rewatch Jaws 2, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into spoiler town. All right, we'll be right back. Have you ever looked at all those Insta celebrities and been like, where do you get your raw jewelry because it's gorgeous, or where did you get that female empowerment shirt because I need one? But then you think to yourself, I don't wanna go shopping because it's too selfish. What if I could tell you, you could get awesome apparel, awesome jewelry, and it gives back. You need to check out Rox Jewelry Shop. That's right, Rox, R-O-X. Rocks Jewelry Shop has amazing jewelry, and I just got a shirt that says, Those females are strong as hell. Thank you, Kimmy Schmidt. You can check out Rocks Jewelry Shop online, and with code Date Night, you'll get 15% off. So head on over to rocks, R-O-X, jewelryshop.com, code DATENIGHT for 15% off.
0: And we're back with Date Night at the Movies, talking about Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Right scared so let's talk about the monsters themselves yeah so uh this it looked like they i know well i noticed this and then i was reading about it and they definitely changed up godzilla's design a lot from this from the last movie to this one
1: so i'm obsessed With Godzilla. Uh Uh-huh. Because he's got a squatty body, and he's very cute, and his head is too small for his whole body. Yes.
0: Well- (laughs) So what were you going to (laughs) say? Well, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. (laughs) No, it, it wasn't that much different. They made the fins bigger. uh I can see that. They made the fins bigger, and it looked like his legs were bigger, too. buddy, uh, Yeah, which to me, that looked like, so I don't know if you've seen any of the last Japanese Godzilla movie that they made. It's, been, I mean. Uh, Shin Godzilla, which came out in 2016.
1: I don't know. I don't think I saw that.
0: Um, so they had a radically different Godzilla design, too. Uh, and to me, it just looked weird because the legs were just huge. The tail was looked like it was twice as long as his body, and his arms were like <laughs> T-Rex <laughs> arms. His arms almost practically looked like nipples. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. So I I was wondering if that was a reference to Shin Godzilla, but I'm not sure.
1: I don't know his his. <laughs> aren't that small.
0: Not in this movie, no.
1: Anyway, yeah. um, So um, the one thing that I really, I think this movie, when it's the most successful, Mm -hmm. um, this movie was is most successful is when uh, I remember it's in the last movie. It's kind of whenever the monsters like backlit by lightning uh-huh. and that shot they were used a little bit in here but it that feels the the most exciting mm-hmm. uh mothra sticks out because there's actual color every other creature is gray yeah that's very true um and this movie relies so heavily on cgi and atmosphere mm-hmm. that um it, and then gray monsters yeah uh, it, it was really hard to make them they, nothing really stood out.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. Um one thing I was gonna notice too is that they they made Godzilla even taller in this movie. He's massive. Yes. Yeah, is so, that
1: now was he that massive before or after the nuclear bomb?
0: Uh well that's another place where the problem where the problem is the script because in the first Godzilla movie they had it they pretty much flat out said Godzilla's always been here and right. then they said that the nuclear bomb tests uh, the nuclear bomb tests that you saw in the opening credits of the last movie were them trying to destroy him and then in this movie it seems like they kind of backpedaled on that which I think was actually that choice in the first movie was kind of controversial uh, because the whole point of the original Godzilla is that it was a monster movie, but it was an allegory for uh, the bombs being dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Correct. Uh, and so them taking those bomb tests and being like, you know, that was us trying to kill the trying to kill the monster. It didn't go over very well.
1: Right. Um, and now the nuclear in this one, there is the massive sacrifice that the, he is there receiving radiation therapy, essentially. Yeah, to heal himself. Which is fine. But then, they bring a... (laughs) There's a nuclear bomb that they put down there to bring him back to life, but then they destroy Godzilla's home. And I really was unsure about that. So he's always been here. They discover Godzilla's home, and then... They blow it up.
0: Well, and that was another thing, too. It's like, first of all, it's like, okay, this is the most interesting part of the movie. Let's explore this. Oh, no, we're blowing it up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> also, because in the last Godzilla movie, they discovered another place where Godzilla was. And I don't, like, it seemed like there was a lot of backpedaling going on plot-wise in this movie. Yeah. Um, but either way, I can't, I can't remember... I, maybe Godzilla didn't get as tall as he was until after they nuked him. At that point, I it was hard for me to pay attention because scale was kind of all over the place in this movie.
1: Yeah, because uh, I know that he was big, but I remember that he was smaller than the muto, muto Muto, He was about the same size. Yeah, was um, that sucker was small? Yeah. So and then the the mutu mutu Moto like, worshipped him at the end, and I was like, but I thought you were not friends.
0: Right, that, well, there's a lot to unpack, and I really want to finish making this point <laughs> before sorry. we get to, no, 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 I'm not saying that to you, I'm saying that as, none of what you're saying is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, one thing they did is, in the last Godzilla movie, they were like, you know, well, we want to make this the biggest Godzilla ever, and they made it like 384 feet, which is, uh, which is pretty tall. That's big. Yeah. Um, They did that specifically because they were like, well, we wanted the idea of this to be like, what if Godzilla actually attacked? And then there was a studio artist in Tokyo who ran back to the studio and tried to draw what he saw. And then they made a movie of that, and it wasn't quite the same. We wanted to take that as an inspiration in making our Godzilla. Which, I mean, I love the design of the new Godzilla. Um, But then when Toho, the studio that owns all the Godzilla rights in Japan, uh, well, not in Japan, they own it all over the place. They're licensing it to the American studios. Oh, okay, um, they made Shin Gojira uh, back in 2016 and they made it like 10 feet taller because they're like, Well, we have to have the true Godzilla, ha, ha, and ha, now ha. this Godzilla is at least 30 feet taller than the Shin Gojira. So, it's massive. So I'm really afraid that every movie from here on out is like well, we're just one upping the next people. And apparently in the Godzilla anime that you can find on Netflix, I haven't watched it at this point. Apparently he's like 800 feet tall. Why? Yeah. Um, yeah. That. But your point to like all like the colors of the creatures being pretty drab. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that, and it is disappointing because in the Original series, you know, yeah, it's pretty, you know, it gets pretty cheesy and it didn't age well or anything like that. But the monsters did look unique and there was a lot of color to them. You know, Godzilla was green, black, brown, like his own Godzilla color. Uh, Mothra was very colorful. King Ghidorah was gold. Ew. And Rodan was like a brownish yellow. Oh. Um,.
1: So, were this the most popular? Because they were like, there's
0: monsters everywhere!
1: And then we saw these, five monsters. These
0: are some of the most famous ones. So, okay, yeah, in the original Godzilla series, you know there's like 30 movies.
1: Yes, I um, just don't... So, this is yet a, another episode of Jessica grew up on the horse show circuit yeah. and didn't watch these things, nor... Didn't you know? I don't know. I spent my weekends at a barn in hotels, Uh, so I I, you know I've got a lot to.
0: Well, totally, but there, but you know, some of them are just Godzilla by himself, and some of them are like Godzilla fighting other monsters. So, like in Godzilla versus King Kong, for example, they're fighting each other, but they also kind of team up to defeat a giant squid monster. Nobody really references the squid monster anymore. you know it's kind of like whenever you whenever you've never heard of a Shakespeare play, there's a reason why. Yeah uh, so it's the same thing with Godzilla monsters. Uh, a lot of the other monsters they had in here like the mudos from the last movie are an original creation. That's cool. Um, some the other monsters that they showed in here uh, didn't look like any of the classic ones and like there's one Godzilla movie where he fight where he fights a giant flower too. what? Yeah yeah, it's from the 90s whenever they were making them and releasing them on HBO. I where was the flower? Where was the daggum flower? Well, remember there's 17 monsters or titans and counting. Right, and we saw five. Yeah, but um, yeah, but these tend to be the ones that people think of the most. Mm. Um, Ghidorah was always his um was always his like biggest nemesis.
1: Is that Monster Zero?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, there's also Mechagodzilla, but I guarantee you they're just saving that one for later. Oh boy. Um, and they kind of alluded to the fact, like, you know, throughout the whole movie and kind of in the last movie, they kind of treat Godzilla as a benevolent creature. He is not. Well, yeah. Well, And, and the reason they did that is because that's kind of how he evolved in the Godzilla series, you know, because, you know, in the first couple of movies, it was Godzilla is going to destroy everything. And then it kind of became Godzilla was the protector of humanity.
1: I can see that. I mean, I'm on board with that because the doctor who sacrificed his life in order to save Godzilla, or Mm -hmm. no, to make Godzilla regenerate faster, I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christ-like illusions. Oh yeah, and they are
0: not subtle in this movie.
1: No. (laughs) Not at all. Um, So, that's interesting. It's just interesting. I, I'm not. I'm not not against. You know, not for it. But and I'm not against a benevolent creature for mankind. But you know, they kept alluding to the fact too that the the, the script was just so heavy-handed, because he's like, I want to kill God. You know, kill them, kill them, kill them. They're evil. Kill my son. They kill my son. And then there's this big switch from one character
0: Mm -hmm. that.
1: Changes the whole tone of the movie to say, you know, about the Titans, you know, about especially Godzilla being a benevolent to help mankind and you get get long live the king all over the place, yeah which is fine, Um, but then it's, you hear for now, for now, for now. And it was like, listen, we all know that eventually this Godzilla movies, they're going to have to turn on men. Mm -hmm. We all know this but
0: (laughs) yeah well and i think that they're doing that so heavy-handed right now because the next one is going to be godzilla versus kong
1: right which michael doherty's writing
0: he's writing it and adam wingard is directing it oh yeah so which that'll be interesting because uh you know you know me i'm an adam wingard fan uh i really liked your next he did another movie after your next called the guest which is great uh his version of Death Note, which is on Netflix, apparently people hate. I never watched the original anime, so I didn't mind it as much. Mm. But he hasn't, it's kind of like Michael Dodory, he hasn't done a movie like this, so I'm gonna be very interested to see yeah. what he does.
1: What's so disappointing about this movie, um, like I said, there was there's some shots in the last Godzilla that I just really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot, was like on the ground, like you kind of felt part of this chaos. You know what I mean? Yeah this one however everything that was everything was in an airplane so there was a lot of like these overheads so I really felt as a viewer I didn't get the humanity nor could I tell you what the shot list in this was right um, I know like I you know I have friends in this movie um, uh, fun fact I was supposed to work on this movie yes you were um, but I got last minute change and so I didn't get to get, didn't get to do so which is a bummer but I know a lot of my friends worked on this movie and I saw some wire gags I saw some wire pulls lots of you know traditional falling down lots of shooting of guns but I didn't really see solid stunt work yeah. Um I saw that all these people had stunt doubles which huzzah yeah
0: um I can think of two of our friends just off the top of my head.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, had, I mean, we had tons of people who work on this movie, which is so great. But then I didn't really see their work. And, as you know, and I was really trying to look at the shots. And, you know, it was a lot of really close in and tight. Um, a lot of the action was tight. Um and the camera did a lot of POV, whether mm-hmm. like uh, very specifically when he's going up in the elevator, yeah. you see the chaos from his perspective, which is very effective, but it was in the elevator, in the airplanes and everything was just right on people as chaos was happening. And I don't know if that's because of the, of the practical effects in which to shoot it, um, which is an effective way to do it. If you don't have a whole setup, um, but it just felt like everything was overhead or point of view, and there was like no middle ground. There was not a lot of setting up the world, like the, we were inside that big
0: airplane. What was a uh, uh, the big stealth bomber looking thing? Yeah, yeah, that thing. The the Avengers ship.
1: The Avengers ship. Could you walk around that? No. There was no... They didn't set up their
0: world. Yeah, there, there were like two rooms in there that we saw. Um, I was also distracted by the fact that that was flying around all over the world for the entire movie, and they never stopped to refuel. Well. Yeah. I mean, you don't always reload a gun in a movie either, but... Uh, no, I think what you're talking about, too, it really illustrates... There is a big disconnect between the, between the monsters and the world in this movie. Like, to me, it was very much if to me it seemed like okay well let's film all the stuff with the humans now we'll get that out of the way now let's spend a year doing cg on this
1: that's what it felt like yeah
0: and which is fine well uh, and it
1: has to i mean it's a yeah.
0: monster movie yeah um it, i i guess really i was just disappointed in that aspect because i thought the last godzilla movie was really smart and was really subtle for being a monster movie and they let you see the perspective of it from the people who were running away like that, that shot with Elizabeth Olsen when she gets her kid into the hospital and the doors are closing and you just barely see what's happening. But there's so
1: much world set up. You you're living on buses. You're you really and yes, it was localized. Yeah, which is great. But like even to the point of when we get to the home place in Boston, I mean, good lord, they might have as well have lived a half block away from Fenway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she ran away from there really fast.
1: So there was just a lack of world. And, you know, we have them. There's so many places that they could have developed that. Um, and think, not that, because we didn't spend that many times in places, but there's, I it was just like, we didn't even, we were in one room of the submarine. We were yeah. in one room of the spaceship, the, or the
0: ship. The James Bond elements in this movie don't really work. No. No. Um, And there are, like, they even have, like, a Bond villain in this movie.
1: But he's not that, he's not a villain. Emma's the villain. Yeah. Emma's the villain. And then she flip-flops. The other guy's just a pawn in which, because she made the deal with him. Mm -hmm. He's not even a villain.
0: But, like, they consider him an eco-terrorist. And basically, I could have seen him, I could have seen G.D. Dench being, like, Bond. He's an eco-terrorist. You need to stop him now. You know?
1: But then James Bond would have been like, "Oh hey bro, oh you're just wanting like trees to grow again. Well, don't pay her money, you know. Like he's a really bad terrorist.
0: Uh, I don't know. Either way, um, Tywin Lannister is more mean. There's a, I think there's a very specific reason for a lot of things that you're saying in terms of like a lack of world building and everything. Yeah. Whenever you hear a criticism of a Godzilla movie, this mm-hmm. happened in the last one. This happened in the in the one from 20 years ago, which there are a lot of problems with that movie, besides this. right? Uh, but everybody is like, oh man, it's a monster movie, but I only spent like 12 minutes with the monster. I spent the whole time with the characters. And I'm si- every time I hear that, I'm sitting here thinking, have you never watched a Godzilla movie before? Because they are all like that. Every single one of them, you are stuck with the humans for so long. And people said it about Shin Gojira as well. Uh so I think this movie was basically trying to be like, okay, well we want to be the one Godzilla movie where they don't say that about us. And a very good point in a review that I saw when I was doing my IMDBing and everything, and I can't remember who said this, but this is not a Jordan original is that what happens when you spend when you spend the whole movie showing like big CGI monster fights, it becomes the new normal and then you get bored. Right? And I think that's kind of what happened in this movie. And again, we're criticizing this movie. You know, you guys all know how we do in this podcast is that we spend a lot of the second half pointing out things we didn't like. Um, I think word
1: love. Yeah,
0: I'd probably amend my rating to a three, instead of a three and a quarter. But I was still entertained by this movie. I would say this was infinitely more entertaining than Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
1: Oh, hands down. Yeah. Also quit trying to pretend to give a dinosaur an IV.
0: Right, and I don't need cloning McClone face in my <laughs> Jurassic Park movie. And they they stopped it right as the most interesting part. Is that surfer gonna get eaten by the big dinosaur? I don't know, they cut away. I wanted to see the surfers get eaten by the dinosaur. I know, but we're not talking about that movie.
1: <laughs> yes. I, again, I stand here to say I liked all the monster fights. The monster fights were fun. I liked, I liked all the choices. I liked that Godzilla got amped up and he, and then the three legged or the three. Headed dinosaur wrapped his three heads around his little squatty body. That part was pretty cool. And then he kept like going. uh, uh."
0: And Mothra uh, sticking him to the side of the building. Yeah.
1: And then Mothra taking the three, the three headed dogs blast to the wings Mm -hmm. this movie was great for my eight-year-old mind yes
0: and this movie this is a movie that your eight-year-olds will love it's great i i can't wait till our nephews are old enough to watch this movie because i will watch it with them and have fun
1: yes this there is no story right the story i you know what and if you've listened to us long enough you've probably started to understand where we lean in this world and yes i would like to have a world that i live in in 15 years I do. I want all of those things. I want our planet to keep going, and I don't want to burn up. So I'm all about that. And when the story started being like that, I was like, okay, cool. And then it went off the rails.
0: Yeah, they they make that point. And again, it's a point coming from like the quote-unquote villain. But of course, they make the villains in this movie out to be something who you can relate to. Uh, They're trying to have like a morally ambiguous part of that, I guess. But... They make that point, and then they immediately detonate nuclear weapons under the ocean.
1: Yeah. Like, when you saw a dolphin burble up, uh-huh. I was like, not cool,
0: y'all. Um, not So, I will cool. say, that particular bomb, the oxygen destroyer... That's actually uh, a reference to the first Godzilla movie. Oh, Um, because basically they get Godzilla underwater. I can't remember how, and then the lead scientist who invented the oxygen destroyer and never wanted it used said that he would use it. He'd be the one who goes to do it, and so he does it. And right as I, it's either I can't. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Basically. They use that to kill Godzilla, and then he cuts his oxygen line from his old school diving machine because he never wants that to be used again, which is a very strong allegory for the nuclear bomb. And then we used it again. Yeah, then we use it because like, won't this be badass?
1: Yeah, and let's kill the ocean.
0: Yeah, so... Again, t- tonally, this movie is all, all over the place. And talking about the monsters though. There's yeah. one there's one point that I r- felt immediately in the movie. You know who Rodan reminded me of? Grima Wormtongue from the Lord of the Rings movies because he was just constantly being like, "Yes, master," to whoever was winning. <laughs> 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 That's funny. And, like, they even gave him, like, the slimiest facial expressions. Like, when Mothra stung him, which was a really cool moment. I can't remember if Mothra had a stinger or not. Uh, But that
1: was a stinger that was a leg.
0: I thought it was a stinger, because I thought I saw it retract back. No. Well, either way, whenever Rodan got stabbed, he was looking at the camera like, What? Why me? Why poor me? (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought that was great. Um, Let's talk about the human characters, if we can remember them.
1: Oh man, I can't believe they killed that that one doctor lady who had.
0: Uh, Sally Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what I will say. I, go ahead. I was gonna say I actually liked that part because if this was a movie where the or if this were a real thing where giant monsters were killing people left and right, named characters would die like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I liked it because I was like, "Ooh, I don't know what's gonna happen." Yeah.
0: Um, I like that they, treat. to me, that was one of the better parts of realism they gave this movie.
1: Well, it was definitely it, some stakes. Yeah,
0: and it handled it better than The Predator, where the guy dies real fast, and then you forget that he died. They at least gave her some, her death some weight. Yeah. But she still died as unceremoniously as anybody. Yes. You know, uh, which I was totally down with. Um, Dr. Shirazawa killing himself again, that was, I'm pretty sure that was uh, a reference to the first Godzilla movie. Okay. Um, He had one of my favorite moments in there, and I can't remember if you were in the theater for this part or not. Ken Watanabe, he's a great actor. Yes. Um, But he had this moment where they were talking about... like. Ghidorah replacing Godzilla as the alpha and with such disgust he's like a false king I saw that <laughs> and Like And he he put so much aplomb into that that's line so reading. and like he was disgusted almost like basically the way a lot of us felt after the 2016 election he said that about King Ghidorah and I just thought it was great <laughs> <laughs> that's great it was a great moment I don't know if they meant it to be as like over the top as it was but it was right I was so down for that it was right
1: um then we had Emma her ex-husband so uh, and then Madison yeah so the surviving little girl so we can
0: never play this movie at home because Madison will constantly just react to her name I know um, so it's, uh, Vera Farmesia, Kyle Chandler, and Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah. Uh, three actors who I think are all really good. I agree. Uh, and we've said on here before on the podcast, uh, we're huge fans of Vera Farmesia. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen her do anything that I didn't like her in. Correct. Um, Kyle Chandler, I've always liked him since, uh, since early edition, that show that he was on. Yeah. Uh, he was great in that. Um, and interesting little side fact, he was in the last King Kong movie before they rebooted it. Oh, well there you go. He played the actor. That's right. Yeah. And Millie Bobby Brown, this is her first uh this is her first movie. Yes. Um and she was good in this. I mean she she's kinda fine. she kinda had a thankless role. Yeah, she's fine. Um it was just it was just angry, upset, bewildered teenager.
1: I mean, I thought she did a good job for what the story was. Well, that,
0: that's what I'm saying. That was the character she was given and she did a good job for it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, she had a lot of scenes by herself. Yeah. In a feature film about monsters
0: fighting. Mm-hmm. Did a good job. Yeah. Uh, Vera Farmiga, she's usually better than this, but again, I put that down to the role she had to play. The
1: story's weird, y'all.
0: Yeah, and one of my big problems with the story too is that They keep repeating what they kept saying in the first Godzilla, is how like you know he's he's here to keep the balance between nature, you know, and then it's like oh cool we got that you said that once we're on the same page, and then they just kept repeating it and repeating it like it was new information. This is a movie about family. On that note, I saw Leonard Malton review this movie, and uh, I (laughs) I didn't see the whole thing, but all I saw is he started off with something along the lines of, "Well, that's two hours I'll never get back." yeah this was not a subtle movie um bradley whitford in this movie is ridiculous i mean again he's also another actor who i really like i'm a huge fan of the west wing and every time i see him in something i'm like oh great bradley whitford and i have to keep reminding myself it's not brad whitford the other guitar player from aerosmith (laughs) 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 um but the role he was given it seemed like it was basically like a stock character who they put in the script during the first draft and then they never completed it because he's the snarky sarcastic comic relief scientist and it's like these jokes would have felt stale 20 years ago
1: well and it's a good thing that it was him delivering them mm-hmm. because he's got he gave he gave that character some life yeah um there was also who was that other woman that she had the high-waisted pants, she kept wearing khakis, she had the short
0: haircut. Oh, I have some very specific thoughts who on this character. Who was she? Okay, so that was uh, Zhang Ji, who a lot of you will recognize from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, she was also in Memoirs of a Geisha, and she was in Rush Hour, too. Awesome. She's actually a very good actress.
1: I wasn't talking about who she was as a human.
0: I, I, I know. We're we're barely talking about humans in this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I want more monsters. Yeah. Just, if this
1: literally, if there were no people and just monsters, I would have been like, this movie's a five, have a good day.
0: Anyway, so she was another scientist and, you know, she talks about how, like, you know, her mother was a scientist for this and her grandmother was a scientist for Monarch. Uh, And then it turns out that she had a twin in the movie. Who was there when Mothra was being. Right. I'm not talking
1: about the twin. I think we're talking about a different character.
0: No, we're, talk, we're talking about the same character. It was Dr. Ling and Dr., I can't remember the other one. Right, because
1: there was the doctor that, because there wasn't two, right? No, that was the same doctor. Sorry. Yeah. So, so, yes, this was the same doctor. Her sister was at the Mothra being born as the butterfly.
0: Yeah, it was Mothra coming cocooned out. A beautiful butterfly. I'm there thinking, is that the same character? Is that a haircut? Was this part of a reshoot? What's going on here? And then the credits tell me that the same actress is is credited as two different characters. So I'm like, oh, but they don't have the same last name. Uh, And I'm like, maybe they're supposed to be twins. One of them is married. I don't know. Really? Yeah. So that's what I was trying to look up here. So I'm pulling up my phone. Weird.
1: I don't know how to handle that. I got Uh, that it was because they're multi-generational.
0: Yeah. I am not done with this point, though, by a long shot. Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hold on. (smack) Buckled in.
0: Yeah. So first of all, yeah, it's Zhang Jie as Doctor Eileen Chen and Doctor Ling Chen. So apparently they do have the last name, but she was credited in the scroll as Eileen Chen and Doctor Ling. So that's crazy. Yeah. So then I realized, oh, they're twins. Then I realized, did you ever see the original Mothra movie? No. Okay. Mothra was basically followed by two pixie women. Two very tiny, like, fairy women who are kind of like Mothra's priestesses. So I think they're setting them up to be the two tiny fairy women who are Mothra's priestesses. No. Yes. No. Yes. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like, maybe they were just doing that as, like, a little nod, but it was a very... They spent a lot of trouble doing that one nod, and I would be very surprised if they're just gonna leave it as that. That's Weird. It, it was weird. It was weird. And I was thinking, at first I was thinking, it's like, oh yeah, you know, there were the two little uh, little pixie women who follow along with Mothra. And oh, they gave her a pixie haircut. That's a cool little nod. I was expecting it to end there. Then all of a sudden they bring out a twin that they never comment on the fact that it's a twin until you see that it is supposed to be one actress playing two characters. So you assume that it's gonna they're twins.
1: That's so weird. Yeah.
0: That was my very specific point I wanted to make about, uh, about that character.
1: That's bizarre.
0: Um, on a different character, I like seeing Thomas Middleditch in things. Yes. Uh, he had a great moment at the beginning where he had the, where he followed Dr. Sirizawa and, the uh, Sally Hawkins character out. And he's just like, uh, I'm going to play a very interesting documentary about the mating habits of titans. This should be the one where the genitals are blurred out, and then you like look back up at the screen, and then like it's the two mudos from the first movie about to basically kiss, and it blurs out. That's <laughs> right hysterical. There. Uh, but yeah, I mean, human characters you barely remember them once you leave the theater.
1: Yeah, monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie was it was fine. It was fun. Um, I don't feel. I, like, I wasn't like, that was great.
0: No, I, I enjoyed it. If it were on, I would gladly watch it again, but I don't see myself spending money on it. But like I said, I kinda can't wait till all of our nephews are old enough to watch this movie because I will have so much it's fun just, watching it with them. yeah.
1: I, I am, I would like to know very specifically from, from the director wh- who this audience was mm-hmm. and what was the point of view Yeah. Because I didn't, there just wasn't one. Um, Yeah. And and like you said, Godzilla was always an allegory. And you had to get to know the people that were going to be harmed or helped by the existence of the king of monsters. Mm -hmm. And, or king of the monsters. So these that I I'm fine with that, but I just wish they had made some choices. Something I wanted to comment on. So you said the James Bond moments, Uh huh. what I want to comment about James Bond and the reason that you can go to 17 places in a James Bond movie is unless he's just, it's like literally a hit and there's a fight. There's Mm -hmm. always a scene that sets the tone. So you get, you get, some sort of beautiful shot that's like this is what this place looks like and then there's always at least a scene if not more that develops what this place is what it looks like who's there who's milling around and then James Bond affects that place right and that's why it's so effective Mm -hmm. because and that's why those movies are 10,000 years long but it really lets you get to know that place
0: yeah Because, I mean, James Bond movies are basically travelogues, you know? Yeah. Um, The whole part where the eco-terrorists went to Antarctica to release uh, King Ghidorah was, to me, I was like, am I just watching The World is Not Enough right now? Because that (laughs) looks straight up like the scene where you first meet Denise Richards and The World is Not Enough. That's amazing.
1: With the ice house?
0: Uh, No, that's uh, Die Another Day. The World is Not Enough is where they go underground to get the nuclear bomb. (gasps) Yeah. Yeah.
1: They end up in the jungle. Yeah. Yeah hilarious
0: Mm -hmm.
1: well um so should our listeners if they haven't already
0: see this movie this sounds very schizophrenic of me but yes go see this movie (laughs) it it's stupid don't spend a whole lot of money on it but just go in with low expectations and it's fine again it's jaws 2 versus jaws i will defend the gareth edwards godzilla movie till the day i die and this one to me is just like Jaws 2, where it's like, yeah, Spielberg didn't do it. It doesn't have the same subtleties as a master filmmaker. And I think Gareth Edwards could eventually get up there. Uh but it's a it's a stupid fun movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would say go see it, but if you were in the mood for like a story. Mm-hmm choose something else yeah but if you're just kind of okay with not like the oh the moment where i didn't know what the crap happened so there's this orca doppler mm-hmm. sonar thing that talks to the monsters um and at the end they like are soldering all these wires in order to get something done and they will distract the serpent head dog head dude uh so that godzilla can get up you know um, I have no idea why they had to re-solder that.
0: So, I think I can explain to you what the movie thought the reason was. Sure. Uh, so they set it up where, you know, where the girl, she brought it to Amplify at the Red Sox Stadium. Right, I know
1: that, but then they resoldered it.
0: I am getting there. Okay. Uh. I'm very antsy. I know you are. <laughs> um, so whenever she unplugged it from the sound system once Ghidorah got there, it was still following it. So even right. though it wasn't amplified, he could still sense it from there. So so basically they had to resolder it and let it play out of that little speaker because Ghidorah was about to kill Godzilla and they wanted to get Ghidorah away from there so that way they could buy Godzilla more time but, to get up.
1: But it wasn't broken.
0: It was broken.
1: Oh, they did not communicate that well.
0: I mean maybe i just didn't blink at a think certain point it was, was cuz she had it with her uh, she had it with her whenever she was running down from the announcer's place in the stadium right. and then she threw it away and then you saw get her a smash it no oh. so it it was there again i'm not defending the movie <laughs> at least there's some reasoning well yeah. anyway
1: if you're in the mood to just watch things smash Uh, I highly recommend this movie, but if you're looking for something that is a little bit more intellectually stimulating, Mm -hmm. I suggest something
0: else. So besides the last Godzilla movie, which again, I say is fairly intellectually stimulating, emotionally stimulating, plus just a good monster movie, what are some other movies like this that you think might be more intellectually stimulating?
1: Um, I've heard Pacific Rim is.
0: Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that, but Um, I've I've heard good things. I've only
1: heard good things about Pacific Rim. Yeah. like monsters or just like
0: like a dumb popcorn movie that is smarter than it has any right to be
1: um hmm the first um the first transformers is awfully fun yeah the first transformers is awfully fun i will never defend a transformers movie but the first one is awfully fun um i'm
0: think uh um uh, monsters inc I so I wouldn't consider that to be a big dumb popcorn movie though.
1: You listen, I think so.
0: Okay, to me, Monsters Inc. is more of like a. It, if that were a live action movie, it would be along the same lines of like where when Harry met Sally or it's something like great. that. And no, it is great. But what I'm saying is, it's that type of movie, popcorn. Like, like, I am saying, like, what I would say is, you know, we just did one that we both liked. Uh,
1: right, you, me- you missed the facetiousness. Oh, okay. Anyway,
0: what's another popcorn movie for you? Uh, um, I mean, the last Avengers movie, uh, Endgame hmm uh that that one is a stimulating movie right but i'm
1: trying to think like think big ridiculous big
0: ridiculous
1: like yes endgame but like you can't just go watch endgame someone could just go watch godzilla right now
0: that's true that is a very good point
1: you can't just go watch endgame
0: um but like just go
1: in it's not again not gonna be really smart endgame is kind of you know it it's it is a it's like you want to eat popcorn dur- during it but if you don't watch the other ones you know against this is spoiler territory so spoiler alert you, you don't get why it's so sad if Tony Stark dies
0: yeah um I would say the John Wick movies maybe but even that's like think bigger yeah that, and, think and, bigger th- think and dumber. that's exactly the kind of point I'm trying to make is that that's kind of what I'm thinking. Uh, I mean the Peter Jackson King Kong maybe, but like I love that. Movie. I love that movie, but I don't consider that to be a big dumb movie. That's an art house movie with a giant monkey in it.
1: That's fair. Um, I would say Scott Pilgrim, yeah, is another really good one. It's uh, really big and it takes a whenever it gets to the point where he's having to battle all the boyfriends, um, super silly, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, we talk a lot about that movie in our episode with Brian Prince. So, if you definitely want to hear more about Scott Pilgrim,
0: mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Cloverfield, maybe the first one. Oh, the first Cloverfield, yeah. Yeah. And that's a uh, the- Super Eight. Super Eight, yeah, that's a good one. Super Eight's a really good one. Uh, ooh, the Frank Darabont The Mist. Ooh. If you can handle the ending, the ending's rough. Yeah. Um, I'm just I just literally googled like best monster movies. Like they have like Annihilation on here. I would not say that Annihilation and Godzilla are the same style of movie. No. Um Yeah, but you you guys get what we're saying is that there may be other movies that you might find your time better spent watching, but I don't think that if you go into this one with the right mindset that you're going to be disappointed.
1: No, I don't think
0: so. This is a shut off your brain and enjoy bright lights movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's
0: Laser Floyd the movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really is. So, but you know, it's fun, um, and I think I you don't you don't lose anything. I I I wouldn't go to a seventeen dollar no one you know unless that's unless you live in L A. and that's a normal movie ticket. So don't go to see the twenty five dollar one. Yeah, um, I don't think that this on IMAX is any better.
0: No. I don't. I don't think that we missed out on anything by not seeing it in IMAX.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Well, this is. De- it's definitely fun. Um, uh, there is a closing credit scene, so make sure you stay until the end of that because mm. it hardcore sets you up for what the next movie is going to be. Yeah, pretty hardcore, and it's that's actually through, all through the credits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the closing credit scene is interesting. I don't want to talk about it. I kind of want to. Because if someone missed it, mm-hmm. if you didn't stay through the credits... Like everybody
0: in our theater.
1: Um, there's 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 something there. So I don't want to spoil it for you because that means you didn't stay through the credits. Right. This is your shame. They we're shaming you.
0: Shame. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to share? Uh, no, I can't think of anything. Uh, I feel the spiral coming on.
1: I feel it too. Yeah. So... Anyway, that's our episode for Godzilla King of the Monsters. Yeah, we're going
0: to try and hit up as many of the summer movies as we can. We've already missed a couple that we really wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, we missed Book Smart. I know. Yeah. I really wanted to see I'm that. I'm pretty sure we missed Brightburn. Um, I. I I was going to try and see if we could make John Wick 3, but we're not going to have the time to have you watch the first two movies beforehand. So I may just go see that one on my own. Yeah,
1: I know it's a little sacrilegious that I've not seen the John Wick movies, considering my line of work. Please forgive me, but it's just how it goes.
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever we watch movies here, they're either the same movies we've always seen or something that like really stimulates us, you know? Yeah. So, uh uh, I would recommend anybody who has HBO, or HBO Go, HBO Now, to check out Chernobyl. I'm in the middle of watching that right now. It's not an easy watch, but it's so interesting.
1: Yeah, another movie we're watching right now that I think is really cute, um, we've not finished it, because life has really, really been chaotic, y'all, um, is Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm,
0: with Ali Wong.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's re- really great so far. It's really gotten stellar reviews, so mm-hmm. um, I would definitely check that out uh has there been anything else that we've seen recently um uh, if you haven't watched this season of better things on fx mm-hmm. um it's pamela Adlon's show um i actually just i've been going back and re-watching it because um, in the evenings i really only have enough brain space for things i've already seen um it's great she's so smart the show is so smart so i can't recommend that enough
0: yeah, that's that's pretty great. Um I'm rewatching uh I've been working at my sister's house doing handyman stuff lately and I've had the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel uh playing in the background which I cannot recommend that show enough. Yeah. Um Game of Thrones is over? Thank dog. Dude, they submitted the Bells episode for best writing. No. For the Emmys. Shut it down. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: Everyone who votes in the Academy,
0: mm-hmm. no. Uh, Veep is over, which is very unfortunate. I thought it had a fitting ending to it, It was though. time. Um... Yeah, also because with you know the world going the hell the way it is, it's hard to laugh at political comedy anymore. Yeah,
1: Um. Uh, Tom Middleditch, so um, Silicon Valley's coming back. It's coming back
0: for one final season. What? Yep, they're going to end after this season. I think it's time. Yeah, um, and then Barry is probably one of the best shows on TV. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so those are some hot takes from here at Date Night at the Movies um, in care of Family Band Productions. um. Well, I think it's time to sign off. Let's sign off. Well, I'm Jess. I'm Jordan. See you next time.